My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello and welcome to Laugh Out Loud. I'm your host, Ali Hassan. Depending on when you listen to this episode, it will be or is Remembrance Day. And I hope that even without a public school forcing you to do so, you'll spend a little bit of time thinking of soldiers who lost their lives trying to do something good for their country. At the very least, you can be grateful for the day off that you're getting on Monday. Our first comedian today is the perfect guy with whom to start the show because he has performed for the Canadian troops overseas many times. He's also a Just for Last veteran several times over, and most recently he was added to the roster of the very popular Snowed In Comedy Tour. Here is Pete Zedlack. We're going to talk about money tonight. We're going to make it funny. Cryptocurrency is going to come up, I'm sure. Crypto. Is there crypto bros in here tonight? Remember the first time I heard crypto, buddy said, uh, are you into crypto? And I was like, oh, yeah. You know, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. Chupacabra. Woo. I had a buddy lose money in cryptocurrency. I'm like, how did you lose money in crypto? He said, I took advice from a friend. Don't do that. Don't take financial advice from a friend, especially a friend who's doing less well than you, Okay. Right? Like if you got car problems, you talk to a mechanic, right? If you got computer problems, you talk to a computer repair guy. If you're thinking about getting into stand-up comedy, talk to a therapist. You know, experts. You talk to experts. Don't talk to a buddy who's got a hint if something's going on, you know? <laughs> NFTs is the other one. NFTs. Anybody into the NFT? First time I heard about NFTs, the guy said to me, he said, are you into the NFTs? I said, I don't know what that is. They're non-fungible tokens. And I'm like, are you trying to sell me mushrooms? Is that, is that, you had me at fungible, all right? Best way to get money is, of course, to inherit money, right? Sure. I didn't inherit money. I inherited a, a coin collection. And I tried, it's kind of money, and then you try to sell it, and then realize, hmm, no. Um, so I contacted the dealer. I said, I've got a coin collection. He said, well, what you got to do is you got to put them in order. You got to categorize them. And if they're in a set, you put them in a set. You got to bring them in, get them categorized, get them praised, right? And then he looked at it and said, oh, you've got a set here. You, you should complete the set. And then those coins are worth more money. So now I'm online looking for coins to complete the set. I didn't inherit money at all. I inherited a, a hobby I don't enjoy. That's... <laughs> We used to think the smartest people in the world were running things, you know what I mean? They were in charge. All the CEOs were the smartest people in the world, right? And then we found out uh, banks are failing. (laughs) Banks? How how is that fair? They're designed to literally give money to. That's how... And then literally they're not making money now. Like, how, how are banks not working... How are banks not making money? You know what? I'm just not good with money. I'll be honest. You know, listen. Not my thing, man. 
And then marijuana companies came along and said, hold my bong. That's the, wow. Marijuana companies are going under. How is that even possible? They sell a product that can grow like a weed, literally, like a weed. You can, it's a product you can sell, you can grow it on this stage right now. Under these lights, it would be optimal. It might do very well. Marijuana companies are folding. There's, there was a guy in my high school that had a marijuana company. He was sole proprietor. He uh, had a jean jacket he would sell in the park next to the Cenotaph. Very thriving business he had. Now, now they sell at the Booster Juice in the strip mall. That's just the difference now. I remember when the first hints of marijuana being legalized were being floated around our country. It was exciting, right? Because as a kid, like in high school, right? We'd always, t- imagine, imagine if they legalized weed. We'd be like, there's no way, there's no way they would, government would never allow it, right? If legal, if weed was legal, there'd be no more war. <laughs> <laughs> what happens? Canada legalizes weed. I don't, they don't have my strain anymore. <laughs> I thought I was gonna make money in marijuana stock, right? <laughs> no, I should have known this because there's no money in marijuana. There's money in things around marijuana, right? And I'll give you the example. When I was in college, I smoked some pot in college, right? Me and my buddies, we'd get together, we'd all throw in five bucks, we'd get some pot, right? And we'd pass around a bong around the apartment and then a, like a one hitter and then like a Philly blunt and we'd get so <laughs> And then somebody would say, you know what I could go for right now is some chips. Oh, yeah. I love chips and popcorn. Who said popcorn? Oh, my God. It's even fun to say popcorn, right? And chocolate. Oh, I love chocolate and ice cream. Don't even joke. Don't even joke, okay? And then somebody would say, who's going to go to the store? And everybody was like, I'm too high. I can't go outside. And I was the one. I'm like, I'll go. I'll go outside. They're like, you're going to go outside? I'm like, I'm going to go outside. So immediately, everybody says, here's 10 bucks, here's 20 bucks, get some chips, get some popcorn, get some chocolate, get some, uh, get some Smarties. I'm like, I gotta make a list. Okay, what's your order? What are you having? Okay. I find myself out in the city, out in public, high. I don't know if you've been high like that in public. Just, oh, this is a mistake. Oh, God. <laughs> what do people do with their hands when they're... I get to the store, it's that harsh fluorescent lighting. I'm like, I hate it in here, I hate it. I'm looking for a hand cart. I need a hand cart to buy all this junk food, right? I can't find a hand cart. So now I'm just walking up and down the aisles going like, what am I supposed to grab? Oh, the list. I left the list. I left the list back at the apartment. So now I'm just trying to remember. It was like chips and popcorn and ice cream and a chocolate bar. So now I have a bear hug of junk food, okay? A bear hug, just yeah! Standing in line for the cashier, there's a couple behind me and I hear her say to him, This guy is so high. (laughs) You can't even argue with it. Like, no, no, I'm not. No. Just buying some groceries at 1 a.m. here. Get to the counter. The cashier is very nice. Hi, how are you? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. (laughs) Get all those bags and marched. I marched straight back to that apartment. I opened up the door. Everybody forgot that I left, right? He's sitting there going, oh, that's right. He went to the store. How long were you gone, man? And in that moment, I knew what it felt like to be Oprah Winfrey. 
I walked through that party, you get chips, and you get popcorn, and you get a chocolate bar. And they were like, you're amazing. I am amazing, yes. But I'm never going outside again. See, that's where the lesson should have been learned, right? There's no money in marijuana. We all chipped in five bucks for pot, but we all chipped in 20 bucks for the stuff that went around the pot, right? Don't invest in marijuana. Invest in Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, DoorDash. That's where the real money is. This concludes my TED Talk. Get out there and invest, Winnipeg. Thank you. Thank you. Money can't buy happiness. Whoever said that never flew business class. I'll tell you that much. That's, that is a game changer, business class. Now, let me preface. I'm not a business class guy, but uh, you know, I'm not great with money, but I'm great with points. Anybody else? I am, I'm all about points. Oh, yeah. If your company has a frequent flyer thing, I'm like, I am signing up for that. My digital wallet is thick with cards. And uh, so I, I got upgraded to business class. And business class, first of all, the airlines have set this up, right? Usually I'm in economy class. You have to walk through business class, right? A little commercial, right? As you walk through, I'm like, ooh, these seats are nice. No, I just keep moving into the back, dirt bag, get back there. <laughs> so I'm usually the one walking through business class, silently judging everybody in business class. You do that, just going like, what's this guy doing here? This jerk, look at this jerk face. What's he doing there? I should be up here. And then once you get to a con they have a curtain. They have a curtain. <laughs> they separate the business class from the economy class people. Like, the separation between the haves and the have-nots, right? The Trumps and the Trump voters, right? They got to put a little... <laughs> to show about money. You knew Trump was going to come up here tonight. You knew it. <laughs> so sometimes I'm walking through. You ever see a kid in business class? <laughs> a child? Oh my God, what are you doing here? Get in the back. My family, we were not business class people, right? But even if we were, there's a 0% chance my dad would have bought me a business class ticket. He'd been in business class. Keep moving, kid. All right, I got a scotch here. See you in Toronto. And dogs, that's a new one for me. You've ever seen a dog in business class? Somebody buys a dog a business class ticket? Come on. There used to be no dogs in the air, right? There used to be like, absolutely not. And then they went, you know what? Okay, if you put your dog in your little carrier and it fits in the chair underneath, that's fine. And then they went, all right, you can bring your dog, but it has to have its own seat. And now it's all animals, all therapy animals. Just, it's like a petting zoo up there. Now you just walk up there and you're like, I know you have anxiety, but your therapy wolf is giving me anxiety. Can we please? So here's the story. I got upgraded to business class and uh, I did a gig that uh, paid cash. Uh, and if you work for Revenue Canada, this is all make em ups. This is all made up. This is all, this, this making things up. Nobody gets paid cash. Uh, so you gotta show your ID when you get on the plane, right? So I showed my passport and I went to put my passport back in my passport wallet when I sat down and all the cash that I had fell onto the floor, fell onto the floor, Canadian money, American money all mixed together. So now people are walking through business class to get to their economy class and literally seeing me sit there counting money like a dude. <laughs> Maybe if you worked harder, you could be up here. one of those moments in life where I'm like, thank God you can never see yourself in the future, right? <laughs> that would be the moment going like, oh my God, money has made me a jerk. 
When you have money, you want to protect it. And that's where insurance comes in. And I bring this up because I got in my first car accident this past summer right here in Manitoba. Um, and growing up, we were always told, watch out for moose. Watch out for moose, right? Come out on the Trans-Canada Highway, boom, bad news. Well, I didn't hit a moose. I hit a deer. The meth-head cousin of the moose. Right? <laughs> I can't even do an impression of a deer. That's how stupid they are. At least, at least a moose has that noble call that... That's the best moose impression you're going to hear at the Burton Cummings Theater ever. Ever. Some of you are like, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Can you do a deer impression? so much coming at the car like what are you doing why Why? (laughs) so I pulled over to the side of the road this is what happens if you've never been in an accident this is what happens Uh, uh, swearing swearing happens and then I hit the hazard lights and I realized that might be the first time I've ever used the hazard lights some people use them all the time, driving in the wintertime. It's really slippery out, hey? This is bad. Oh, my God, it's really bad. It's black ice. It's whiteout conditions. This is really bad. You know what? I've been doing it. There we go. <laughs> see, now we're in a dome of safety. You see how that works? <laughs> now everybody knows I'm an idiot. You see how that works? My lady, are you okay? Yeah, what do we do? You call 911. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah, I hit a deer. Okay, where are you? Canada. Somewhere. You tell me. So this is what 911 does. They figured out where you are, and uh, it was Falcon Lake, Manitoba. There's a car there now, so please. <laughs> and what happens is 911 figures out your location, and then they send... Everybody, okay? There was about 10 minutes of quiet, and then paramedics arrived, and the fire department arrived, and local cops arrived, and the RCMP arrived, and a, a gospel choir showed up, and there was a carnival was set up with a Ferris wheel, porta potties are all set up along the highway, the cast of Degrassi, the next generation. Every one of them, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Yes. And the whole time I'm on hold with insurance. On, on hold. Being on hold at the best of times is terrible, right? Try it on the side of the highway. <laughs> staring at you. Your call is important to us. Please stay on the line. It starts to sound sarcastic after a while. Your call is important to us. Please stay on the line. And I'm hating the song. But then I realized, you can't just put any song on hold with insurance, right? You don't want to call insurance and hear, Oops, I did it again. (laughs) My car was a write-off, guys. A 100% write-off. That deer told my brand new car. It was my dream car. I finally got my dream car. I got a Porsche 911, less than 5,000 kilometers on it, and boom, here in Manitoba. I know, I know. It was my Batmobile. I loved it. I'm kidding. I'm in Canadian show business. It was a... It was a Hyundai Elantra. It was a Hyundai... But it was my... 
That is Pete Zedlacker, and you can find more of him at zedlacker.com. And tickets for the 2024 Snowden Comedy Tour are available now. Winnipeg, in just under two weeks, Laugh Out Loud is coming to your city. We're doing a recording of some of your best comedians on one night, Wednesday, November 22nd, at the Gas Station Theatre. I'll be hosting the show. And our lineup of performers have a terrific range of credits, including performances at the Just for Last Festival, CBC Gems New Wave of Stand Up, the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, CTV, Bell 5 TV, and more. That night, you'll be treated to performances by Emmanuel Lamuro, Danielle Kayahara, Kristen Einerson, Spencer Adamus, Mike Green, Benji Rothman, and Bringing Us Home will be the star of Acting Good on CTV. Paul Roblaskis. Get your tickets now while they're still available at our website, cbc.ca slash laughoutloud. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of The Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at The Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, and for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get back to the show. Our next performer is a writer, an actor, and a pretty amazing bundle of energy as a stand-up comedian. From the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, here is Ryan Williams. Good to, good to be here. Uh, don't let the uh, outfit from Tip Top Tailors fool you. I'm actually not doing well financially. But I'm doing better and uh, dressing better too. Uh, back in the day, I used to dress in a way where people would see me and they'd be like, oh, that guy doesn't have a lot of money in his bank account. <laughs> that was sick. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> They thought I had a bank account. <laughs> Six years I went without a bank account. Did anyone here ever party so hard in their 20s they put their debit card in a bank machine one day and then it never came out again and they got phone calls every single day for six years until one day they're allowed to have a TELUS account again? <laughs> Just me? Didn't realize I was performing for a bunch of nerds. <laughs> there was a time in my life where I didn't have a bank account, I didn't have a place to live, and I didn't have a job. It is very tough to get one of those things when you are missing all three of those things. Oh my God, getting a place? The worst. Landlords, so many questions. <laughs> Where do you work? Can I see your bank statement? Hey lady, shut up! Let me live in your basement beneath where your children sleep! Do it right now, no more questions! Uh, if you do find yourself in that situation, like I did. I went with job first, and there's actually a very inclusive, progressive environment, a workplace that will take you if you are unhoused, if you are struggling with mental illness, or if you have substance abuse issues, and that is any construction site as long as you have steel-toed boots. 
Very inclusive. Very inclusive. You just need the old steel toe uh, boots. Now, uh, my first day on the job, I was framing, and uh, my boss came up to me, and he said, hey, I noticed you're, uh, you're left-handed. Did you know that 90% of all left-handed people severely injure themselves using power tools in the trades because all power tools are designed for right-handed people? <laughs> and I said, it's not even lunch yet. <laughs> not good but we've all lied on a resume before and had to to fix it do you know what i mean like uh i've i can pretend to be right-handed i throw a baseball with my right hand maybe there's something else i use my right hand for because it feels way better almost like someone else is doing it <laughs> so i'll just build this house stranger style and then we're good to go Maybe if I only use my right hand to do up my boots in the morning, it'll feel like someone else has my terrible life. <laughs> now, here's the thing. The gods of irony got a hold of me uh, instantly. I grabbed a, a block of wood and a nail gun and lined up the block of wood and then used my right hand to immediately shoot a nail into my left hand. <laughs> It went through this palm and then in between these two knuckles like an insane person trying to build a Wolverine costume. <laughs> uh, one! <laughs> now, I've heard people say before, like, oh, I'm so Canadian, I apologize for the win. I'm so Canadian, I did this. I'm so Canadian, I shot a nail through my hand before lunch. And the first thing I said was I held up my bloodied hand to my foreman and went, ah, sorry. I need this job real bad. Now he said, uh, do you need to go to the hospital? Which in non-union construction means, would you like to be fired today? Now I said, no, sir. And uh, what he did was he grabbed a pair of bullnose pliers, pulled the nail out on the spot. Now, if you don't know, nails on nail guns stay together with metal wiring. So individually, each nail is barbed. So it's a lot like a metal cat's penis leaving the wound the second time. <laughs> and then I had lunch. So what I'm trying to say is when I see like online office uh, jokey joke humor of like, this meeting should have been an email. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> but got a job, got a job, right? Got a job, then got a place. First you get the job, then you get the place, then you get the bank account, the old Scarface quote. Uh, I got a place in Vancouver, 300 bucks a month. Obviously, I had roommates. Obviously, there was also a catch. <laughs> but I bet you couldn't guess what the catch was. Uh, my bedroom had too many windows. Well, you're like, oh, that's not a big deal. That's not a big, too many windows. It had 12 windows. <laughs> that's too many windows. This is my bedroom, okay, for you that aren't convinced. Window. Every side was a window. 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 Windows behind me. Windows everywhere. You think I could look up and get an old window break? No, above my head, there was a skylight. 
It was a solarium, okay? I lived in a solarium. Traditionally for plants, not for adult men, I'm aware. I couldn't bring girls, that's right, my roommate's windows opened into my bedroom. I couldn't bring girls back to my place and be like, this is where the magic happens. I had to be like, this is where photosynthesis happens. Some would say nature's magic. Moved a lot my first five years in Vancouver. Uh, what would happen is my landlord would be like, hey, can you pay your rent via e-transfer? And I would have to move. And uh, I moved 13 times in five years. That is a lot of times to move if you don't play the bagpipes indoors. One time I had to move on super short notice. Uh, I didn't have access to a vehicle. I couldn't rent. Uh, a vehicle. I didn't own. A, I did own a vehicle at that time, but it was back in my parents' driveway in Kamloops, uh, my hometown. And at the time of the move, that car had been parked dormant uh, for over a year. So at the time of the move, that car was uh, completely full of bees. <laughs> That's an insane thing for a stranger to yell at you, but 100% true. That car, completely full of an angry hive of bees, stung my mother and sister frequently. They were in the driver's side door and in the engine. Every time I phoned home, my mom would be like, how's Vancouver going? Can you get the bee car out of the driveway? <laughs> no, mom. It's not even my car anymore. It's the Queens. <laughs> so car can't stress how full of bees that car was. And I did something I would not wish on anyone in this room. I moved on the bus. Yeah, this is gonna be the darkest joke you hear tonight. Some of you may be wondering, like, I wonder how many trips it takes to move on a city bus. It takes eight! Do you know how many trips it takes before you reevaluate every decision you've ever made in your life? Just a one, huh? <laughs> the worst part was I had the same bus driver for three of those trips. <laughs> the first time he was like, eh, this is pretty weird, but this isn't like bus weird, so I'll allow it. <laughs> Winnipeg, you know bus weird. Bus weird is like when a sketchy guy pulls out like a small PP7 James Bond handgun and everyone on the bus is like, ah! And then he pulls the trigger and it was just a novelty blowtorch lighter and everyone's like, ah! But then he uses the lighter to light up a cigarette and he starts smoking and then heating up the metal rings on his hand and everyone's like, ah! That's bus weird. The second time though, I got on with my stuff and the driver was like clearly a little thrown off. You can see the gears turning. He was like, hey, this sad man with the blue Ikea bags full of clothing looks a lot like that sad man from earlier with the microwave full of clothing. But the third time, he just stared directly into my soul. I was like, can I ask, how do I, can I ask, are, are you freaking robbing someone? <laughs> and I did the only thing I could do. I just dropped my stuff and went, my car is full of bees! 
And he was like, oh, you're completely mentally unstable. Please come on the bus. <laughs> Thank you, Winnipeg. You guys have been amazing. You have a great night. That is Ryan Williams. Please head to ryanwilliamscomedy.com for more info on this man. And you can also get his album, Manual Labor of Love, online. And that's it for our show. My thanks to our sound engineers, Kyle Kudasevich, Roberto Capretta, and Brian Harder. And a special thanks to my producer, Lee Pitts. My name is Ali Hassan. Thank you for listening to Laugh Out Loud on CBC Radio 1 and the free CBC Listen app. We'll see you back here real soon. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.